0: This week, Speaker Pelosi negotiates with the Republicans on an aid package, which includes broader COVID-19 testing. The Trump administration wants language in the bill, which leaves the question of testing, to the states. How's that worked out so far? Early voting so far has brought in 60 million votes, vastly more than four years ago with most of those votes being cast in areas with substantial Democratic registration advantages, or as Trump and Newt Gingrich would say, Democrat registration advantages. And some states' early voting doesn't start until this coming week. Here's something to tell your Republican friends, or other idiots you know. Lots of them have been saying that the reason we have so many more cases in other countries we've been compared to is that we have more people. These people are apparently math challenged uh, or major swallowers of propaganda. Let's talk about Taiwan as one good example. Taiwan has 24 million people, many fewer than we do. And as a result of how they've handled the virus, the number of the deaths there has been, wait for it, 70. Not 70,000, 70. Now, I can't promise my math is perfect, but let's do a little mental exercise together. They have 24 million people. We have about 330 million people. So let's first multiply the 24 million people by 10. Now we've got 240 million people, and let's also multiply the number of deaths by the same number, 10. So now it's 700, 240 million, 700. Now, that still doesn't get to where we are, so let's multiply that 240 million and the number of deaths, 700, by one and a half. That's 360 million people, more than we have. And the number of deaths, 700 times one and a half, would be 1,050. So, if they had handled this the way they have handled it, but they had a population of 360 million, they would have approximately 1,035 deaths. We have 330 million, and we have approximately 215,000 deaths. So that's an enormously larger factor. What is the difference between Taiwan and us? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. There's another way of looking at it, however. Just Taking a quick look at our population and our deaths in the virus crisis that's hit the world, you have in the United States approximately. Let's we have two hundred and fifteen thousand deaths, but let's say we only have two hundred thousand because it's easier to figure. Uh, two hundred thousand, and we've had about one point seven million deaths in the world. So that's call that two call that two million if you'd like. Okay, two hundred thousand versus two million to make our percentage lower that's 10%. Now 10% of the world's deaths from the coronavirus doesn't really sound too bad except for one little thing. Our population relative to the world is 4%. So under the best of circumstances not even counting Taiwan as a uh, as an example just us and the world we have four times What our population should suggest would be the number of deaths from coronavirus. Now, we mentioned a moment ago, what's the difference between Taiwan and us, or the rest of the world and us? It's called leadership. This episode is titled, 85% of the people who wear masks get the virus, here's why. In a recent town hall, which aired on three of NBC's networks, and as you probably know, got less of a rating than the Biden town hall, which only appeared on one network. Nonetheless, uh, Trump said, and you can go back and watch it if you think no one, not even Trump could have said this, that 85% of the people who wear masks get the virus. Now, are you kidding? Again, he didn't say 85% of the people who get the virus are wearing masks, which is also untrue. He said... 85% of the people who wear masks get the virus. Well, if that were true, I would expect that Dr. Fauci and everybody else would be recommending you don't wear masks, since obviously 85% of the population doesn't get the virus. But it's not true. There's a reason why Trump said that. And other than scaring people and confusing them and being the bright object in the room to distract people, uh, it has to do with intellectual acuity or the lack thereof. Okay, now in case you missed this story, around 50,000 people were marching in the streets demanding the ouster of the country's authoritarian leader and were chanting, go away, go away, brave people. And if you thought we were talking about America and Donald Trump, that's understandable, but you were wrong. It was Belarus. Besides being wrong, you were also demonstrating how bad things are in this country. On the other hand, the people in the former Soviet Republic have more courage than we usually show. As you may have heard, the chosen moderator of the debate and the one who did, in fact, uh, moderate the debate on October 22nd was Kristen Welker, and she's a reporter for NBC. I was hoping that when he said that that was unfair, that she wouldn't be fair to him, that he would withdraw from the debate, but he didn't. <laughs> Mr and Mrs American, all the ships at sea. Welcome to the production of TB TJ I can't even talk. Let's try that again. Welcome to the production of tjbsradio.com. Speaking of everything with Jeff Bushman, that I'm afraid would be me. Welcome to the program and we'll talk about those stories and this week in history. Uh, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is you're listening to this. Welcome. Before we go into some detail that, about those stories, uh, let me invite you to go to Amazon.com and order the paperback edition or the ebook of my latest book. You've been served. In my non-podcasting time, one of the things I do is to run a process serving company. That's the person who says, "I've got legal papers for you." That's what we do. The book talks about a number of issues dealing with process serving, and has some pretty interesting stories of people's reactions to being served. Again, it's called "You've Been Served," and it's available on Amazon as an e ebook, or a paperback. Okay, let's talk about some of these things. Um, we mentioned that uh, the negotiations had been going on between Speaker Pelosi and the Republican administration. This is a really um, odd situation. You have, normally, you have a president and his party on one side of the negotiation, And the other party on the other side of the negotiation lines up pretty nicely. In this case, the president's party also is the majority in the Senate, the Republicans, obviously. But Pelosi thinks the package ought to be uh, inclusive of uh, fairly massive unemployment benefits added to a state's unemployment benefits. And McConnell and a good number of the Republicans in the Senate don't agree with that. Uh, Trump says he wants an even bigger package. So uh, somehow the Republican Party in their two areas of government power seem to be disconnected from one another. So it's extraordinarily unusual. Uh, in fact, I, it would be hard put to uh, think of a time when something like that had gone on. Not to say the president always agrees with the party with his party that's in power in one of the houses entirely, but this is way beyond the pale. He even thinks the Democrats should be asking for more. So for what it's worth, uh, very strange. Uh, Also, uh, we talked uh, at the beginning about the COVID crisis, and I'm sure you're probably tired of hearing about that, but I just wanna say that if you look at those numbers we were talking about, you see what a difference it is in the United States. Uh, Trump is obviously not responsible for the virus, but he is responsible for the mishandling of it in this country and the number of people who have died and uh, the number of people who haven't died and have just been very sick. It's a ridiculous uh, situation. Um, By the way, speaking of COVID, the one thing that needs to be done that hasn't been done yet, obviously, is a safe return to school. Okay. Until you get people returning to school, kids returning to school. You can't have anything else return to normal. Here's why. Um, Again, this may be obvious to many of you, especially those of you who have kids of school age. As long as they're at home doing remote learning, you've got to be there. Somebody's got to be there to be with them because kids are kids and they need caretaking. So you need to have the schools back in session. But the problem with putting school back in session is, is that although Trump says incorrectly that kids don't catch it and don't die from it, they do, but in smaller numbers. But even among those who kids who don't experience symptoms of the virus, or those who do, for that matter, when they do get the virus, they're bringing it home to people who will be affected in very much stronger or larger or worse ways so if junior's in school and he gets the virus but doesn't have any symptoms but comes home and now he's giving it to mom and dad and grandma and brother and sister that becomes a super spreader situation without bothering to have a trump rally uh but the uh the fact is it becomes a very bad situation for the family and again, anybody who gets it is likely to spread it. If, on the other hand, you had schools back in session with barriers between every two students who could learn from the front of the room where the teacher is, uh, but still be shielded, wearing uh, either having plexiglass in front of them and wearing a mask or just having plexiglass in front of them so that the teacher and the students would not be breathing each other's air, and students wouldn't be breathing each other's air, that seems to be a winning formula, but nobody's really doing it yet, as far as I know. That's what's got to be done, because once the kids are in school and nobody's getting the virus in school, students, teachers, administration, and staff, then, and only then, can you return to a normal economy. Now, even very healthy parents, very healthy business owners, very healthy everything, can't get back to working Because the kids have to be taken care of. You need to put the kids in a safe situation in school. That's going to require some money. But that money can and should come from the federal government. And at that point, you then have a return to no kids, not normalcy. That's not really a word, but normality. Okay. Anyway, uh, we talked about the situation in Belarus. That's because they had a corrupt election there where the uh, earlier voted in dictator – Uh, got about 95% of the votes, according to reports. There is no country in the world that's truly democratic in which you can have 95% of the vote, one person. doesn't happen. The biggest landslides in this country have not been that big. Uh, Reagan in uh, 80 or 84, Roosevelt in 36, nobody gets 95%, okay? Um, Excuse me. Uh, We are going to now... Uh, because there's not a lot more that's happened in the news unless something's happened uh, since we've started recording. We're now going to talk about this week in history and have a little discussion with you about some of the things that have happened. By the way, uh, we are now in the process of booking guests. So if you know anybody uh, who would like to be a guest on the program, such as an author, um, a local politician, uh, scientist, who has recently been working in a specific subject, please either you or they can email us at tjbradio at gmail.com. tjbradio at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to talk to them. This recording is taking place on October 25th, 2020. And on this date in history, in 1553, um, a theologian in Spain, his name was Michael Servetus was convicted of heresy by the Spanish Inquisition. 2 days later he was according to uh, the way this is written he was burned alive for the good of his soul. Didn't do a lot of good for his body but apparently they thought it would be good for his soul. On October 25th, 1940, Benjamin Davis became the first African American general in the US army. It took until 1940 for that. Uh, interestingly his son who oddly was named Benjamin Davis Jr., also became a general in the United States. I'm believe i pretty sure it was in the Army. It might have been the Marines. In 1951, on October 25th, which I think was an excellent year, India began its first general election. India had only become a country in 1947 after becoming independent from uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, India had been a colony of that country uh, more or less since its, well, at least since since the 19th century and in 1950 1947 they became a country as did pakistan and uh they held the first general election that is india did in 1951 the election itself was going to take four months hopefully ours will take a little bit less <laughs> in 1956 now world war ii ended in 1945 okay and uh According to the Russians, and I believe in this case they were telling the truth, uh, Hitler had killed himself in his bunker uh, in April of 1940. I think it was April. But anyway, in 1945. Um, In 1956, uh, the German Federal Republic, which was more commonly known as West Germany, declared that Adolf Hitler was dead. Why it took them nine years to do, I'm sorry, uh, 11 years to do that is beyond me. But there you have it. Okay, Uh, also on October 25th, and we're going to go on to some other dates that would happen this week, on October 25th, um, the Spanish artist Pablo, let me try that again, Pablo Picasso, uh, his masterwork was called Guernica, uh, and it was shown in a gallery in Madrid. It had been sitting in New York since 1939, but in 1981, it got to be shown in Madrid, Spain. Why? Was it in New York all those years? Well, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the nineteen thirties until a, uh, I guess the nineteen seventies. Yeah, the leader of Spain had been Fernando Franco, uh, who was a dictator, but he was a revolutionary in the thirties, um, fighting against and winning over the royal government in Spain. Uh, Guernica is a um, a painting that shows the cruelty of the, uh, the army that Franco led. So it wasn't shown until after Franco had died, several years after Franco had died. And it was stored in, um, in Guernica all that time. Oddly, that was also Picasso's birthday. He was born on October 25th, 1881. So that's today, but now let's talk about the rest of the week. Uh, on October 26th in 1854, the man who invented Post Toasties was born. And for those of you who are really crazy about that cereal, I don't even know if they make that anymore, actually. Uh, C.W. Post was born on October 26, 1854, and he was the creator of Post Cereal. And uh, here's news for those of you who uh, want political birthdays. Uh, October 26th in 1947, the woman who would later become known as Hillary Clinton was born. Hillary Rodham was born in 1947, and uh, it doesn't say so here, what I'm looking at. Uh, She was a senator from New York, as you know, before she became Secretary of State. I am almost positive she was born in Chicago, but I'm really not absolutely positive. Also on October 26th, in 1948, this is really an interesting story. October 26th, 1948, <clears throat> Excuse me, a smog descended on Donora, Pennsylvania, and it was so bad that it killed 20 people. Uh, and 7,000 people were hospitalized, uh, over the several days on and after this smog descended on Denora. Um, 7,000 people made up half the population of the city, and um, the thing that really killed them wasn't that it was smog. For some reason, and I don't know the reason for this, the smog was full of fluoride. Fluoride, although it's in your toothpaste and it's designed to prevent cavities in children, and I guess adults too, uh, is actually a, what do they call it, a class A or class one poison. And if it's in your air and you're required to breathe it, you're going to get sick and you may die. So that's what occurred on October 26, 1948. On that same date in 1972, Uh, After some negotiating uh, between the United States and North Vietnam, the then uh, National Security Advisor, he would later become Secretary of State, uh, the then National Security Advisor, Henry Kissinger, said that, quote, peace is at hand, close quote, in Vietnam, and it lasted for another three years. So I guess that's, uh, I guess it depends how you look at it. Also on October 26th, but in 19... I don't see the year here uh oh 1984 uh a baby who was born with a major heart defect um received a heart transplant uh by utilization of a heart from a baboon and excuse me i was a kid at that time let's see how old was i that was in 1984 well i wasn't that much of a kid but uh at that i remember when it happened and the late night comedians all made jokes about uh, you don't want the the uh, the uh, transplant took place in Loma Linda, California, and all of the comedians said the last place I would be if I were a baboon right now is in Loma Linda. Moving to October twenty seventh, uh, in nineteen oh four, the New York City subway opened for the first time. That was on October twenty seventh, nineteen oh four. Also, on October twenty seventh, Sergei Rachmaninoff had his first important success with the debut performance in Moscow uh, in nineteen o one. October twenty seventh, um, of his piano concerto number no. two. I will tell you that Rachmaninoff's concerto, piano concerto number no. two, if you like classical music at all, or you're willing to tolerate it that is a gorgeous piece of music we can't play it here but it really is a gorgeous piece of music when i say we can't play it i meant we can't play the recording i have no ability to play on the keyboard uh rock concerto piano concerto number two but it really is a beautiful piece of music and i recommend it to you um we have recently had uh A semi-holiday, depending on where you live, in some parts of the East and Midwest, it is a full-blown holiday from school and, I guess, in some cases, work. We have the holiday of Columbus Day, or by its more modern name, Indigenous Peoples Day. That was October 12th uh, in the original celebration. On that date in 1492, supposedly, (coughs) Columbus had uh, discovered uh, the United States. Or America, I'm sorry. It wasn't the United States then. Um, that was in 1492, supposedly October 12th. But he thought that we this continent was India. And that's why he called the Native Americans Indians. Um, but it, it turned out he didn't have a good general sense of direction anyway. And uh, later in that same month, October 1492, and specifically on the 28th, he landed on the coast of Cuba. And he thought he had found Japan <laughs> A few days later He decided he was wrong Which you know, which is perfectly sensible and understandable uh, And he decided that Cuba Was actually mainland China um, Old Chris really apparently had some trouble uh, With uh, knowing where he was In 1492 But you have to understand too To be fair They didn't exactly have great maps at the time That happened later on October 28th in 1914, the uh, assassin who killed Archduke Francis Ferdinand and, uh, uh, in Sarajevo and then ultimately started World War I, in 1914 on October 28th, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Um, for an assassin who ended up starting World War I, uh, 20 years in prison doesn't sound that terrible. But uh, uh, that's what he was sentenced to. I don't know if he managed to live through that sentence. Uh, On October 28th, 1919, Congress passed what became known as the Volstead Act. The Volstead Act was the law which enabled uh, the um, execution, if you will, of the uh, 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which brought in uh, alcohol prohibition. Uh, And it worked about as well as uh, drug prohibition does today. But they implemented uh, prohibition. You could not legally drink alcohol or manufacture it in the United States, beginning, uh, that was in 1919, uh, on October 28th. That uh, it was not until, uh, I think, 1933, but it may have been a little later, that prohibition ended. With the combination of, I believe it was the Twenty-First Amendment, and legislation which brought that into effect. Uh, anyway, that was the uh, the day in history in October twenty-eighth, and again specifically in nineteen nineteen. Okay, um, just a couple more, and then we're going to end this. Um, on October, this is a more significant day. October twenty-ninth, nineteen twenty-nine. That was the day the stock market crashed and uh, selling off a great many stocks uh, followed, or was part of that. And um, at the same time, it is generally stated that the stock market crash started the depression. That's not really true. The depression occurred for a lot of reasons of which the stock market crash was one of them. But that is about the period of time that that began. One of the larger reasons for the depression starting, and that was a situation where we had even more unemployment than we do at the time this is recorded, um, was because we started putting high tariffs on imports. Stop me if this sounds familiar. Uh, the, when, uh, economic, especially when economic problems began, President Hoover got out of Congress the right to imp, uh, implement tariffs on all imports, on many imports, and the law was called the Smoot-Hawley Bill, Uh, or a Smoot-Hawley Act, and uh, those tariffs uh, slowed down trade between countries, and the effect was uh, to exacerbate the depression, to exacerbate hard economic times. Um, The uh, current uh, uh, tariffs we have on China, and to some extent Canada, have not caused a depression, but they have caused some more difficulty with trade and really has not helped. Uh, the uh, trade balance with China. Okay, Uh, also October 29th, 1901, um, I mentioned a moment ago that the guy who killed the Archduke in Sarajevo got 20 years. On October 29th, 1901, the guy, uh, October 29th, 1901, the fellow who killed uh, President William McKinley was electrocuted. His name is unpronounceable, but I'll try. Leon Chos... I told you, <laughs> Uh He was, I believe, from Czechoslovakia, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he was executed by electrocution on October 29th, 1901, 28 years to the day before the stock market crashed. Okay. Uh, we are going to end there. Before we do, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I believe... Next episode Or at worst The episode after that We are going to have a guest So you won't have to listen to just me Of course you didn't have to listen to just me Or anything uh, This time But it's really appreciated Um, At the beginning of the program You probably heard that this show Is a production of TJBSRadio.com While that's true It's not the full story Uh, At that website TJBSRadio.com That's TJ B as in boy S as in Sam uh radio.com uh you can find a number of podcasts you wouldn't find or hear elsewhere you can find our programs including this one speaking of everything uh and wherever uh fine and semi-fine podcasts are heard but at the website besides this podcast you can also find others including a show about romance novels and another about growing up in l.a. In the early 60s with more to come So take a look when you get a moment, please As a matter of fact, we're almost done for this episode So when we're done, why not go take a look Again, it's TJBSRadio.com Please be kind to each other Remember, accidents can happen And whatever you do, please, please, please Don't go away mad